Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. If you haven't already done so, please make sure the volume of this podcast is set perfectly to your listening enjoyment. Please take your seat, whether that's on the treadmill, car, sofa, or bed, and buckle in for the last trip. My name is Jamie Beebe, and I'll be your tour guide, recreating someone's last days in paradise. On behalf of myself and everyone behind the scenes, please enjoy the Last Trip podcast. And because nobody likes a long flight to get to where they want to be, let's prepare for takeoff. Our victim today is Levi Davis, a 24-year-old rugby star from the UK who traveled to Barcelona in October of 2022. Levi was backpacking through Europe when he took a last-minute ferry from Ibiza to Barcelona. He was last seen on CCTV leaving the old Irish pub on the evening of Saturday, October 29th. Just before his disappearance, Levi made disturbing allegations of abuse and blackmail. He said his life was in danger because of government corruption and organized crime. Could these allegations have something to do with his disappearance? While there aren't many clues in this case, there are a lot of theories. I traveled to Barcelona during the one-year anniversary of Levi's disappearance and walked the same path Levi did before he vanished, even stopping at his last confirmed sighting, the Old Irish Pub. Of course, I didn't expect to find any clues, but I had an eerie feeling of deja vu after doing all the research on this case. My photos and videos from that trip will all be posted on Patreon at patreon.com, the last trip, if you want to check it out. After spending a week in Barcelona, I fell in love with the city, the architecture, the history, the street art, and the traditions. It's easy to get around on public transportation or walking, it's affordable, and the weather is nice year-round. But there was a slight element of danger in some areas, especially at night. I stayed just off La Rambla in the Gothic Quarter and saw more petty crime than I've seen traveling anywhere else, although most of it was preventable. I saw at least three or four phones get snatched out of people's hands and numerous bags get ripped off unsuspecting shoulders, all in crowded tourist areas in the middle of the day. Pickpocketing and theft is common anywhere there are a lot of tourists, but this was pretty excessive. I think because it was so crowded, tourists felt a little safer holding their phone out to take photos or look at a map, but that just made them easy targets. Being aware of your surroundings is always a top priority when you're traveling, and we'll get into some safety tips later on. Barcelona was founded as a Roman colony dating back over 2,000 years, and the architecture is still noticeable today, especially in the Gothic Quarter. And the Gothic Quarter is near the main tourist area. While I recommend the area and felt basically safe, I also didn't wander around at night. It's mostly well-lit, but there are a lot of dark alleys once you turn off the main streets. Tourists flock to Barcelona because of the history and the architecture. In the 19th century, Barcelona started to gain popularity, especially with the construction of the Arc de Triomphe in 1888, which attracted a lot of attention to the city. It was built as the main access gate for the 1888 Barcelona World Fair, and it's a gorgeous landmark for photo op. The best time to visit for the perfect photo without a bunch of people in the background is definitely sunrise. In the early 20th century, artists like Antoni Gaudi brought even more attention to Barcelona. His masterpieces like the Sagrada Familia and Casa Batillo became iconic symbols in the city and drew a more artistic type of visitor. The Spanish Civil War saw an obvious decline in tourism from 1936 to 1975 because of the political instability and the economy. 
But with the end of the regime in 1975 and the establishment of democracy, tourism was bumped back up. The 1992 Summer Olympics were a significant turning point for international travel, and it pushed the city into creating more space for tourists. After that, the expansion of Barcelona's port invited cruise tourism in the late 20th and 21st centuries. This also made the beaches and coastline more of a draw for vacationers. Then with the internet and online marketing, travel websites, and social media, Barcelona became a location destination. The downside of that was over-tourism. Too many people make it difficult to preserve the culture and the architectural heritage. If you're headed to Barcelona, there are a few attractions you don't want to miss, including the masterpieces designed by Antoni Gaudi and the UNESCO World Heritage Sites, including Park Güell, Palau Güell, and Sagrada Familia, all of which I visited while I was there. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get into the Sagrada Familia because I didn't buy tickets in advance, but I took a peek from outside and it was gorgeous. It's one of the most iconic and famous landmarks in the world. Once you arrive in Barcelona, it's likely you'll end up in La Rambla at some point during your trip. It's a famous tourist street that reminded me a lot of the Las Vegas Strip. There are tons of people, shops, restaurants, and street performers. It's like a giant party street and definitely not my vibe. Along the coastline, there are beautiful beaches, including Barceloneta Beach, which is a quick walk down La Rambla, near the port where the ships dock. Unfortunately, it was too chilly the day I went, so I didn't stay long and definitely didn't go in the water. If you like to check out things off the beaten path, I went to Barcelona's baby drop-off. These days, it looks like just a small hole in the wall of a courtyard surrounded by restaurants and covered in graffiti. But between 1853 and 1931, that hole was a rotating wooden turntable where people anonymously dropped off hundreds of unwanted children. It was a portal into the orphanage behind it. Definitely an interesting sight to see. One of my favorite stops was the Barcelona Cathedral. It's absolutely beautiful from the outside, but the real treat is the view from the roof. Just remember to bring something to cover your shoulders if you're going inside or buy a scarf at the entrance. There are also some great day trips from Barcelona. The public transportation system was easy to use, clean, and felt really safe. I took a train to Montserrat, which is a monastery high in the mountains. The Basilica is home to the Black Madonna, a religious icon who delivers miracles, and if you buy a ticket, you can go right up to it and ask for your miracle. But I was there for the myths and the legends. There are said to be interdimensional doors in the mountains, people have been abducted by aliens, and it's possibly the location of the Holy Grail. Although I didn't run across any of those things, it was still worth it. I also took a day trip to Girona, which, if you take the super fast train, it's about a 45-minute ride, and if you take the slower train, it's about an hour and a half ride. Girona was like stepping into a fairy tale. You really have to see it to believe it actually exists. It's like a little medieval town enclosed by ancient city walls, kind of like going back in time. And if you've seen Game of Thrones, this is where they shot most of season six. If you're going to take any day trips out of Barcelona while you're there, I'd definitely choose Girona. There are so many things to see and do in and around the city. I could have stayed for months. Unfortunately, Levi Davis didn't see any sites or landmarks while he was there because he mysteriously vanished just a few hours after arriving. Levi Davis was born March 12, 1998 in Birmingham, England, to his birth mother, Julie Davis. But there were problems at home. He later said he was around bad things at a very young age, and when he was just six years old, he was put into foster care. He bounced around a few foster homes until he ended up with Suzanne Balfour. 
And that's when everything changed for him. He credits the Balfour family with making him the man he is today. He was an upset and angry kid for a long time, but his foster parents taught him how to channel that anger into sports. And his sport of choice was rugby. He started gaining attention for his rugby skills during his time at the Bath Rugby Academy. Levi played his first game for the club in 2017, going on to represent England and made his first appearance in Premiership Rugby in 2019, playing eight games for the first team. And rugby is a popular sport, especially in the UK. So his skills gave him quite a bit of fame and fortune, and Levi used it as a way to get ahead. Because his other passion was music. And while he was at the British and Irish Modern Music Institute in Bristol, he sang in a band called Majesty. In 2018, he went solo, singing on the soundtrack for the Premiership Rugby Cup final, and was spotted by a casting agent for The X Factor. Because of that, he went on to film The X Factor Celebrity Edition in late 2019. They put him in a band on the show called TriStar with fellow rugby players Tom Evans and Ben Foden. I watched TriStar's performance of No Diggity, and it was great, and I highly suggest googling the video because those guys have some seriously interesting dance moves. And, fun fact, Nicole Schurzinger from the Pussycat Dolls was a judge on the show and actually ended up marrying Tom Evans of TriStar. After filming ended, Levi's friends said there was something not quite right about him. Something had changed during his time in Los Angeles. But he was the type of guy that kept things bottled up so his friends didn't pry. In January of 2020, Levi was sent out to play for the Ealing Trailfinders. But almost instantly, the COVID pandemic was in full force and the world was under orders to stay home. During the pandemic, Levi appeared in the reality series Celebs Go Virtual Dating, a show about single celebrities looking for love online and going on socially distanced dates. It was a big show and he seemed out of place with the other contestants, who seemed to be there more to increase their social media presence during the pandemic. When Levi returned to Bath in September of 2020, he came out as bisexual, making him the first professional rugby player to come out while still playing. And while it couldn't have been easy, he paved the way for a lot of other people. He came out to his teammates first in a WhatsApp message, saying, I want to be open and honest with you, as friends and teammates. I am bisexual. I understand myself since I was 18. He ended the message in a playful tone, saying, None of you are on my radar, so it's all right. Levi later said in interviews that the response was universally supportive. But his days playing for Bath were numbered, because in June 2020, he was transferred to Ealing on a two-year contract. By this time, Levi was struggling. He was depressed and drinking heavily, and there were rumors he was taking drugs. He cut his contract short and left Ealing in early 2021. According to friends, he was hanging out with a bad crowd, and his flat in Ealing became party central, filled with all these new friends, some of whom were said to be drug dealers. Levi wasn't doing well, and it was starting to show. He was in a downward spiral with severe depression. So Levi returned home in April of 2021. His depression continued, and even being home, he was still struggling. He finally opened up to his mom about some of the things that had been bothering him a little bit at a time, saying things like, Mom, I think I'm being followed, or I've been drugged, and I believe I've been raped because I was drugged. I can't remember exactly specific things, but there are some things I can remember. Once she understood the gravity of what was going on with her son, his mom encouraged him to report it. When Levi finally went, he was interviewed by the West Midlands Police. 
They wanted names and a lot of details, but Levi wasn't willing to give that information. In a statement to the Telegraph, the West Midlands police said they were not carrying out any criminal investigations in relation to Levi Davis. They said any files concerning Levi had been passed to the Met. The Met told the Telegraph, on January 19, 2022, the Met Police received a report from a third party of an alleged rape of a man in his 20s. It was reported the rape happened in Ealing on an unknown date. An investigation was carried out and detectives spoke to the victim. The investigation could not be progressed further and was closed on January 29, 2022. Levi eventually told his mom the whole story. He said someone sexually assaulted him, videotaped it, and were using it to blackmail him. He told her this was the reason for his money problems. Because rugby paid well, but before leaving Ealing, he asked his mom if he could borrow £1,600 just to pay the rent. At the time, his mom thought he wanted money for drugs, so she didn't give it to him. Not long after going home, Levi left for Australia to play for the Queen Band in the Canberra Regional Rugby League. He wanted a clean break, a fresh start, and just to focus on his rugby career. While there, he posted a lengthy Instagram message about seeking help from Samaritans and MensLink, which are both counseling services. It looked like he was doing well there, often posting stories of his workouts on Instagram. But just after three months, he told his agent he was ready to go home. So he went back to the UK to play with the Rotherham Titans. But in his first preseason game, he ruptured a knee ligament, and that was pretty much the end of his rugby career. Following that devastating blow, he again turned to music, this time signing a record deal and releasing his debut single, With Me, under the name Lita, on September 14, 2022. With his rugby career over and his music career starting, he told his mom he was going to Ibiza to stay with a friend and write songs. She asked for a name and number of who he'd be staying with, but he wouldn't give it to her. He told her he was only going to be there for a few days and then backpack through Europe with no solid plans. On October 3rd, right before he left on his trip, Levi opened an OnlyFans account under the name Man Davis. His profile, which is still up, features a picture of him lying back on a sofa, naked except for a strategically placed pair of boxing gloves. While many people use OnlyFans to make money, and there's nothing wrong with that, his close friends thought it seemed desperate and out of character for him, especially given that his next single was about to drop, and something like this could hurt his new music career. We'll never know the reasons behind joining the site, but a friend later told a British newspaper that Levi was inspired to start an OnlyFans because other well-known people were doing it too. Are you obsessed with true crime? Do you fall asleep to serial killer documentaries? Does evil intrigue you? Then Check check the Locks is the podcast for you. Check the Locks is a brand new podcast exploring some of the craziest true crime cases of all time. Best of all, it's available wherever you get your podcasts. Murder, mystery, betrayal, and more. Each episode will examine a terrifying true story, and you get to be part of the fun. So pour yourself a drink, take a seat on the couch, and join me, Olivia Cornu, and me, John Connor, as we dive deep into the dark and discuss what makes you check check the the locks. Levi arrived in Ibiza on October 17, 2022, and was staying with his friend Richard Squire. 
There's not a lot known about Richard, but his social media suggests that he has connections to the world of reality TV. And Levi met him around the time he was shooting Celebrity X Factor. Richard is in his 40s, describes himself on social media as an international marketing slash brand e-com consultant, working with the biggest and the best, lover of a good time and good friends. He's listed as the sole director of Retina Marketing Consultants, but that company hasn't been active since 2018, and there's no mention of more recent work for Richard. Levi kept his personal life pretty secretive because even his closest friends back home had never heard of Richard Square. Richard said while he was there, they worked on his album and took photos for his OnlyFans account, and nothing felt out of the ordinary. Levi was also there waiting for money he was owed from playing rugby for Rotherham, and until it came through, he was borrowing money from friends and family to get by. His agent, Tom Varndell, was working out sort of a payment plan and told Levi the money was on the way. While he was in Ibiza, Levi met up with fashion photographer Aditona, who took photos of him on the beach and in the sea, which she posted on Instagram, with Richard credited as art director. The photos were supposed to promote his next single titled Los Angeles, scheduled to be released in November of 2022. And she also took more risque photos for his OnlyFans. She later said there were no alarm bells and everything seemed quite normal with Levi. He was in Ibiza simply writing lyrics and learning Spanish. On October 22nd, Levi posted one of Aditona's photos on his Twitter, and on October 24th, he retweeted a saying from the Dalai Lama that said, I resolve to use my life to ensure that other beings are happy. But on October 25th, things took a drastic turn when Levi posted a 15-minute black and white video to his Instagram account. In the video, he sat down and said, Hello, my name is Levi Davis, and my life is in danger. He goes on to talk about police corruption, government corruption, and organized crime, that people from organized crime were after him, threatening him and his family. He said it all began after Celebrity X Factor. While he was there, he was drugged and filmed doing sexual acts and is now being blackmailed, that they leaked videos of him, and that's why doing OnlyFans made sense. He said he was taking his power back, but wouldn't name names. He also mentioned a time he tried to commit suicide by jumping off a bridge, but a friend talked him out of it. And that's just a brief summary of the 15-minute video. I highly suggest Googling the video and watching it for yourself. He seems calm and put together, but also repeats himself and contradicts himself a few times. And after the first five minutes or so, he rambles and goes off topic, sounding a little paranoid. He blamed multiple government agencies, talked about the dark web, and his past diagnosis of drug-induced psychosis. The longer the video goes on, the more evident the possibility becomes that he could have been having a mental health crisis. He rubs his hands across his face as if he's on the verge of tears and pauses several times to compose himself. When he posted the video, he tagged a bunch of his friends who were shocked when they watched it. Many had no idea what he was talking about and said that he didn't look or sound like the Levi they knew. After several of these friends reached out and told him to delete it, he did. In all, it was up for less than 24 hours. On October 28th, the day before Levi disappeared, he posted his first photos to OnlyFans labeled My First Nudes with the tagline, Everybody Knows the Bio is Where Things Get Sticky. Take a look and see what else you can find. Also during this time, Levi joined the dating app Grindr. From Grindr, he arranged to meet someone on the night of the 28th in Ibiza town. 
Richard said he dropped Levi in town at a restaurant where the meeting was supposed to have taken place, but who he met or if he even met anyone at all is unknown. At 3 a.m., he called a friend in England, and when they didn't answer, Levi called back a few hours later, the morning of October 29th. He said he was on a ferry to Barcelona. Also that morning, Richard left a voice note for Levi, who never came home, saying, You're worrying me. Tell me where you are. Levi responded that he'd left on a boat to Barcelona to see some mates and would call once he arrived, but that never happened. While on the boat, Levi sent his mom a video showing her the view from the deck of the ferry and told her how beautiful it was. In the video, he looked happy and not in any kind of distress. No one would imagine anything like he mentioned from the Instagram video was going on at all. The ferry ride was about 7 to 9 hours and docked at Barcelona at 7 p.m. He only had a small backpack with him and around 40 euros. He left behind his suitcase, clothes, and in some reports, it said he'd also left behind his laptop, while other reports said he had his laptop in his backpack. By all accounts, he planned to end up back in Ibiza. But why did he suddenly go to Barcelona? He told Richard it was to meet up with some mates, but no one came forward to say they were going to meet him. And by all accounts, he was alone. Walking off the boat, Levi would have been standing at the end of La Rambla Street. From there, he walked up the hill for about 15 minutes to get to the old Irish pub, but it's not known what he actually did from 7 p.m. when he got off the boat to 9 p.m. when he got to the pub. At the pub, he sat alone at a table near the front door, drank a pint of Heineken, and watched a Liverpool versus Leeds match on the TV. He also sent his mother another video, this time of a singer performing at the bar on a stage. And he asked her for money to stay in a hostel that night. This time, she told him to sort it out himself and refused. He was borrowing a lot of money from family and friends because he was still waiting for his rugby money to come through. He told her that was fine and he would ask his friends for the money instead. CCTV shows Levi leaving Old Irish Pub at 10.05 p.m. He turned left out of the bar, stopping for a minute to look at his phone, then continued his way up La Rambla. He was wearing a white t-shirt, black trousers and trainers, and carrying his small black backpack. There was one more reported sighting of Levi about 10 minutes later further up the street at the Hard Rock Cafe. Levi called his friend Mike Guida at 12.04 a.m. and left a voice note that said, I can't wait to get you over here. Can't wait to see you. It's not known where he was when he made that call or if he was still alone, but he didn't seem to be upset or in any distress. And that was the last known contact he had with any of his friends or family. When Richard didn't hear back from Levi after a few days, he started contacting Levi's family and friends, but no one knew where he was. Ten days after he was last seen, Levi was officially reported missing by a friend in Madrid. With little to go on, police got to work. Pretty quickly, they were able to review Levi's phone data, even though they never found his phone. They discovered his phone last pinged in the port area in the early hours of the morning of October 30th. Over two weeks later, on November 19th, Levi's passport was found near a cargo shipment container at the port. But they didn't find any other clues. So they speculated someone could have mugged him and dumped his passport there. There were no other sightings of Levi, and his phone was off. Police confirmed that Levi's phone had not been used since the early hours of October 30th, and neither had his bank accounts. Rumors were starting to trickle in. Maybe he drowned, was the victim of a crime, or maybe there was more to that video than everyone thought. Maybe he was really in danger. Police had absolutely no leads and the investigation was stalling. 
Reports of Levi's disappearance attracted the attention of Gavin Burroughs, who runs a PI company called Line of Inquiry. His company takes four cases a year on a pro bono basis, and he chose this one on behalf of Levi's family. He offered a £10,000 reward for any information that would lead to Levi being found in hopes that someone knew something and would come forward. On February 5th, the private investigator re-released the Instagram video to try to find out if anything Levi was saying had any truth behind it. Levi's friend Mike, the last person to speak with him before he went missing, had previously spoken to Levi about the blackmail mentioned in the video. Mike claimed they talked about it when Levi was drunk, so he was extremely concerned when Levi posted the video while he was sober. Another friend of Levi's told authorities he believed the allegations of blackmail were not real, but a result of Levi's mental health issues, and he was actually the one that told Levi to remove it that day. Then, on February 21st, another friend of Levi's reported they thought someone was using his phone because they sent him a message in December asking him to come home, and the message had since been read. That meant that either Levi was alive and in possession of his phone, or somebody else was monitoring it. Additionally, it was reported that someone had been continuing activity on Levi's Instagram account because 38 friends had recently been removed from his friend list. With still no sign of Levi, Spain handed his case over to a specialist crime unit. They said his case contained disturbing issues and had no logical explanation. And then another friend reported that weeks after Levi went missing, messages to his WhatsApp and iMessages sent to his phone were opened. It's not known if anyone other than Levi had access to these accounts, but no one came forward. His WhatsApp account has since been disabled, or his phone was shut off or broken because only one tick shows when a message is sent. Because his phone has never been found, these activities could be a major clue in the case. It could mean he's still alive and either in hiding or having a psychotic break. Or if someone else has his phone, they might know what happened to him. There were a lot of rumors circulating about the disappearance, especially when a newspaper article claimed Levi had gone into huge debt with the Somali mafia after his party lifestyle spiraled out of control. And a spokesman for the line of inquiry private investigations speculated that Levi had possibly been kidnapped and was working as a mule to pay off his drug debt. Throughout all of this, Spanish police were saying very little, only confirming they were still conducting a missing person investigation. In April of 2023, Levi's mother traveled to Barcelona to look for her son. And this is when police informed her they believe Levi drowned in the port. Officers spoke to four crew members of a cruise liner called Bellissima that was docking in Barcelona at 6.30 a.m. on October 30th, the morning after Levi was last seen. They reported seeing a man in the water wearing the same colored shirt as Levi. They said the man shouted for help several times in English, and the buoy was thrown down to him, but he couldn't reach it. The captain called it in, and a boat operated by firefighters was sent to the scene along with police and Red Cross vessels. The search operation was said to have lasted an entire day, but was called off after it was confirmed that no one was missing from the cruise liner, and police confirmed no one had been reported missing in Port Waters or anywhere in the sea off Barcelona. Now, this story didn't come to light until all these months later, because police didn't know Levi was missing until November 10th, so apparently they never put it together that the person in the water could have been Levi and they never found a body or any other evidence of anyone in the water that day. 
it does seem rather convenient that they remembered this story and decided all these months later that it was Levi. They said because his phone last pinged in the port area in the early hours of the morning and his passport was discovered near the port, he must have walked back down there after he was seen at the Hard Rock Cafe and gotten in the water and drowned. But even with this new information, Spanish police have not closed the case because his body has not been found. Also, there are a lot of unanswered questions about how and why he would have been in the water. And also, how he got so far out in the water. Because the boat that saw him was three kilometers from land. On May 18th, police announced they were resuming the search in the waters outside Barcelona. But again, they found nothing. To this day, while the police lean toward the conclusion that he drowned, they can't rule out any number of other possibilities until they find his body. What happened to Levi Davis? Did he have an accident and drown? Was he murdered? Or is he still out there somewhere? Maybe in hiding, maybe kidnapped? There are a lot of theories and rumors floating around, but very few clues. Some people think Levi took his own life, and this comes from his Instagram video questioning his mental state and the boat seeing someone in the water. Assuming the allegations in the video are a result of a mental health issue, what could he have been going through? Levi was a professional rugby player and playing sports can affect your body and mind. Chronic traumatic encephalopathy, called CTE, is a brain disease associated with repeated traumatic brain injuries like the kind of brain injuries you get playing sports. It usually shows up in people over 40, but not impossible that Levi could have had CTE, although we'd never know without a body. He could have been struggling with schizophrenia, which typically emerges in late adolescence or early adulthood. Early signs include changes in thinking, social withdrawal, altered emotional expression, and disturbances in perception. Levi was making a lot of life changes around this time that his friends didn't think were things he'd normally do. Also, paranoia and irrational distrust or suspicion of others can be a symptom of schizophrenia. In the video Levi posted, he referred to organized crime and the government being out to get him. Gang stalking is a set of beliefs that a person is being targeted, monitored, or harassed by a group of people and can sometimes be a symptom of schizophrenia. In the days leading up to his disappearance, Levi was in good spirits and didn't indicate anything was wrong. He had future plans, plans to see his friends, plans to travel, and plans to release the rest of his album. Before suicide, some people can get euphoric, inspired, and relaxed because they are ready and eager to be at peace. But although we can question his mental state, if we put everything together, suicide doesn't necessarily fit. If he willingly went into the water, where are his shoes or his backpack or even his pants? He wouldn't have gone in the water with all his things, only leaving his passport behind. And the area by the port is extensively covered by CCTV, but police said he wasn't seen anywhere on any cameras. His mother fought to get the footage, even going to court, but by the time it was available to her, they told her it had been recorded over. Also, there are checkpoints and a fence to get into the port area, but still, no one saw Levi. And how would Levi have gotten three kilometers out into the ocean if he was trying to drown himself? He could swim, but was not a strong swimmer and had a knee injury. That swim would have been difficult for anyone, but impossible for someone like Levi. And lastly, the convenience of the police remembering the story of someone in the water all those months later and saying it was Levi is suspicious especially because they never found a body. 
Another theory is that Levi met with a random act of violence. Crime can and does happen everywhere. But other than petty robbery, Barcelona has a pretty low rate of violent crime. Spain has strict gun laws, and you cannot own or use firearms for self-defense, although there are shotguns allowed for hunting. Levi would have put up a fight if someone attacked him, and he was in great physical shape. At the very least, he was a fast runner. So unless a group of people incapacitated him right off the bat, he wasn't an easy target. Could Levi have been the victim of a drug overdose? Levi previously had a drug problem, and drugs are pretty easy to find in Barcelona. In fact, in some circles, it's considered the cocaine capital of Europe. La Rambla has quite a few drug houses, right on the main drag that most people wouldn't notice, but someone looking for drugs would. But there's no indication Levi fell off the wagon and was on drugs. Also, if he did OD, where's his body? If someone was with him or sold him drugs, I think they would have come forward for the reward money. What if everything Levi said on the video was true, and he was being blackmailed? Or he did owe money to organized crime? Hitmen exist. Organized crime exists. Just because something may sound far-fetched doesn't mean it's not true. Maybe Levi was in the water that morning not because he was trying to kill himself, but because someone was trying to kill him. Maybe he was pushed in or jumped off a boat thinking his life was in danger. Or, just maybe, Levi is still alive. Private investigator Gavin Burroughs believes that someone found Levi's grinder profile, used it to lure him to Barcelona, and kidnapped him. That he's being forced to work for a gang as a drug mule to pay off the £100,000 debt he owed to the Somali Mafia. Gavin Burroughs even claims he's uncovered a digital recording of their main suspect admitting to planting a photo on Grinder and accessing Levi's social media. In February of 2023, Mr. Burroughs said an arrest was imminent, but it hasn't happened yet. Maybe Levi walked away and started a new life or is scared and in hiding somewhere. Gavin Burroughs thinks Levi may be hiding in voluntary exile somewhere like a monastery because of the compromising photos and blackmail he talked about on the video. And Mr. Burroughs claims he has audio tape confirming a TV producer took compromising photos of Levi after he was on X Factor. This would explain why Levi's phone has never been found but was checked after he went missing. But Levi was never seen on any CCTV footage leaving Barcelona, so I can't see how he would have gotten out of town without being noticed. After visiting Montserrat, I think someone could hide out in those mountains. Hiding out in a monastery, you wouldn't need money, identification, or technology. And anything is possible. After researching this case and visiting Barcelona, I'm not partial toward any theory over another. There are just too many variables and not enough clues to come up with one solid theory. But I do hope Levi is in hiding and will come back to his family sooner than later. And if not, I hope his family gets the answers they deserve. According to The Economist, Barcelona is a safe destination. In fact, they say it's the 11th safest city among 60 cities worldwide. Overall, I felt safe in Barcelona, but I also didn't go anywhere at night and kept a close eye on my belongings. Barcelona has a big pickpocketing and bag-snatching problem. Tourists walking down busy La Rambla looking lost, holding their phone out, taking photos, those are all easy targets. And pickpocketers want an easy target. So keep anything valuable hidden or leave it at home, and only carry around the cash you need for the day. Don't carry a backpack because it's easy to steal from, but if you do have one, turn it around and wear it in the front of your body. 
Don't walk around with a camera hanging from your neck or a phone out taking photos or videos. Don't leave your wallet, bag, or purse out at a cafe or hung around the chair. Instead, keep it attached to your body. Look like you blend in. The locals have a tendency to dress more modestly. No shorts, miniskirts, strappy tops, crop tops, or bikini tops. Don't be fooled by fake policemen or anyone that says they're an undercover cop. It's a common scam. They'll tell you they saw someone following you and ask to see your ID. When you pull your wallet out, they grab it and run. Also, pickpocketers often work in groups. One person causes a distraction to grab your attention and the other swoops in and takes your things. If you pay attention to your surroundings, stay aware, you should be just fine. Don't let your guard down because it's daylight and a lot of people are around. And don't walk around at night, especially after a few drinks when your guard is inevitably down. As with any city, some areas are better than others. In Barcelona, El Raval and La Mina district have a high crime rate, including drug-related crimes, assaults, and robberies. Tourists should probably avoid those areas. If you're in Barcelona, the number for an emergency is 112. And even though it might look exciting, always avoid any demonstrations or protests. Most are peaceful, but that can change quickly. And as always when you travel, read up on any customs that might be different than you're used to. Locals often greet each other with a kiss on both cheeks. It's especially common among friends and family. Meals are usually enjoyed later in Barcelona than other places around the world. Lunch is typically around 2 or 3 p.m., and dinner may start at 9 p.m. or later. And while you're dining, most plates are shared rather than ordering individually. Also, if you're at a tapas bar, it's customary to order a drink, and usually a small tapas is included. Stacking your toothpicks or other items on your plate is a way of keeping track of the number of tapas you've had, and some places will charge based on the number of toothpicks left on your plate. Tipping is customary in Barcelona, either by rounding up the bill or leaving about 5 to 10%. And haggling for cheaper prices is not common practice, especially in mainstream shops. If you go out at night, always keep an eye on your drinks and don't drink too much. And if you're enjoying the beach, topless sunbathing is common, but nudity is generally not allowed. And guys, always inform someone about your plans before going anywhere. Tell someone reliable where you're going, and what you'll be doing, and when to expect you back. My number one tip to staying alive on vacation is to pay attention to your gut. If something doesn't feel right, it isn't. Levi Davis was a 24-year-old man who was last seen on October 29, 2022 at the Old Irish Pub in Barcelona. He is 5'9 and approximately 200 pounds. He has dark skin and brown eyes with a slight gap in his front teeth when he smiles. When he went missing, he had thin, dark dreadlocks going down to his ears with some of the tips a lighter shade of brown. If you have any information about Levi Davis, please speak up. You can send an email to findlevidavis at gmail.com, or you can call your local police station or the Barcelona police station using the crime reference number 2195-61122. And finally... Remember to leave a review and rate this podcast five stars if you like the show, or hell, even if you don't. But either way, feel free to let me know what you think. Please follow The Last Trip on Instagram at The Last Trip Crime Pod, and subscribe on Patreon to support the show. You'll get extra research, videos, photos, and updates, and even learn more about my personal travels. That's patreon.com slash thelasttrippodcast. I'm Jamie Beebe, bringing you your last trip and signing off until the next one. Thanks for listening.